You have tuned into the Norse Wilderness Podcast, where we sit down to relive our past adventures and memories of our time spent on the mountain. I am your host, Justin Stearns, and I am joined here by my son and your co-host, Tyson. Welcome back to the podcast. This is 2022 Season Recap Part 2, Episode Number 3. On part one, we left off on the Colorado Bull, my Colorado Archery Bull. Go into a little bit of the Colorado deer hunt. I did, after getting back from my Colorado Bull, I spent a day cleaning up, getting everything ready, and went back to Colorado, my other unit, to hunt deer in. So did you unpack anything when you were, like, going out to your deer hunt? And or did you just like restock and just get ready to go back out? Well, I come home and all that meat was wet, so I put up them racks and aired out the meat for like six hours, and then I put it on trays and put it in that new meat fridge of ours. Then I reloaded up on some supplies, put my elk calls and stuff away, but I ended up taking them, which was cool because I was calling bulls over there too. I left them in the truck. I took them out of the pack and everything. But we'll get to the when I ended up playing with some bulls over there. I was last night when we were leaving. I uh spotted a nice bull down in the little hay field down there on private property but we stopped on the side of the road looking at it they were bugling back and forth with a couple so i was like well let's join in i got them all fired up and pissed off and it was a nice bull like 340 350 bull it's a pretty big bull yeah really it's pretty nice. sad that is on a private not much of private i mean the private was probably like 300 yards wide it's this creek bottom this whole entire creek bottom where the road is it's all private that seems pretty but, pointless. So it wouldn't take much to call them off of private. I wasn't hunting that unit. That unit's actually over the counter. Highly thinking about going back there next year. Probably won't. It's not the type of terrain I really like to hunt. So, like, when you were going out, um, did you were like, did you do both archery? Um, so yeah. after you went back, and wasn't your elk archery? Yeah, so was my deer. All right. It was September, so they were all archery still. I was called out on not mentioning something about this. Colorado deer hunt and you've heard this story because it's a good one I think it's funny yeah so while I was in my other unit hunting elk Alyssa had went and got a new phone brand new the new iPhone 12 13 14 whatever oh. number they are on now I don't keep track of that shit but she went and got a brand new iPhone had it like three days and she went hunting with me we went on this wild ass trek and it wasn't that wild but she says that's where I got termed the billy goat because I just hike and hike and hike and hike and go up these trails and bust through brush, whatever I got to do. Anyhow, it was like a three, four mile hike down into the bottom of this drainage and back up. We get back to the truck and she goes, where's my phone? Not my phone. No, I can't remember what I said, but ended up finding out that it was down there. She tried using my phone to do the find my iPhone thing, whatever that is. And it worked on the road. But if I stepped off the road, my phone lost service, so I couldn't do it. Don't go through Strata, guys. Their service sucks. AT&T is the way to go. Did you just, like, screenshot it? That didn't work. No. What I had to do is I had to follow our footsteps all the way back down to the bottom of this drainage. And I just miraculously found it. Because it was really hard to follow our footsteps in that. So it took me, like, 45 minutes to find it. I got down there. And I was also looking at my tracks on my Go Hunt maps. And this is where their GPS acquisition being slow pissed me off because I couldn't follow our exact trail and it was really pissing me off. That's where I kind of lost a little faith in the go hunt maps because Onyx is instant, different topic there. But ended up just following our tracks, following my tracks on the go hunt maps a little bit, looking for footprints. Got down in there and got to this one spot where we had to crawl under a brush pile. Walked past this brush pile and out of the corner of my eye I seen it. Brand new purple case I think it was at the time. I was like, yes, thank God, because I was starting to get worried. I was like, I don't think I'm going to find this. This is like a fucking $1,400 phone that I'm not going to find. Was and it, like, damaged or anything? No, it was just laying there. Oh, was it, like, how hard was it to get to where it was? wasn't hard at all. I mean, once I found it, walked is... over there, grabbed it, put a pin on my uh, maps as a lion, because Alyssa was always talking about mountain lions at the time, so I was like, hmm, lion. Yeah, she, she knows a lot about stuff like that. That's because that's what her dad did. She grew up doing it. Your mom shot, like, wasn't, like, state record. Mm -hmm. Wyoming state record record for a female mountain lion. Right. But, yeah, after picking up her phone, hiked back up out of there, because she stayed up at the truck. She was wiped out after trying to follow me. Get up there, and I was like, oh, I didn't find it. She didn't believe me for a second. I was trying to fuck with her. 
because I'm a bad person. Did she end up believing you? No, she did not believe me one bit. She figured I found it. It took me a lot longer to find it than I thought it would. It was almost at the bottom of the drainage. I mean, it was like a mile and a little over a mile back in there. That kind of reminds me of a story we'll get into later. <laughs> yes, it will. I was proud of you for that one. But yeah, not a lot to talk about the Colorado deer. I actually ended up, when I was back that day and a half from shooting my Colorado bull, I talked to Brian, and he works with a guy that grew up over there. So he had me talk to him, and he told me where I should go to find deer. And even he said, that country, when you find deer, it's kind of just luck. Kind of, I mean, you just come across them. So there's deer everywhere, but actually seeing them and putting eyes on them is difficult because of the terrain. It's just all that. What I'm calling Manzanita, and I should probably look up what a Manzanita actually is, but it's time I was calling it a Manzanita, so for this story, we will call it a Manzanita. All the Manzanita was like, 10, 12 foot tall in places, at least 7 foot on average. So you weren't seeing much other than these little open patches in them where there's just sagebrush. So I, With all my e-scouting, I've found plenty of open spots to sit there in glass. All of it was not conducive to actually seeing them because the brush was so tall. Yeah, I can just imagine it's, you want to bring a gun that's pretty light so that way you can just walk around and hope you stumble across one. Pretty much. That's where you need to hunt with a 30-30 or something with open sights because... You're going to have to still hunt that. I can imagine it's pretty hard to see them. I remember a hunt that you were talking about that you did a while ago where you're chasing this huge elk through some huge trees and kept yeah. on jumping in. Yeah, it's it was rough. only thing I got on that trip was a good buzz. Ended up getting defeated a lot mentally and ended up just driving into these glassing knobs and drinking. So how many deer did you see? Three total. None bucks? No, not a single buck. Although when we was driving through there on our way back from your hockey game, right across the road, there goes a little buck. Didn't you find a shed? Yeah, I found a nice shed up there. Talked to some hunters and seen on their pack this finding sheds everywhere. Thinking about going and shed hunting that. Not sure if I will, just because of the timing. I don't have a lot of time. Wish I could shed hunt every day. I can't wait for shed season. Although we will get to this later in the podcast. There's some news about the shed hunting here in Utah. I've been excited for shed hunting for the last four months. Mm-hmm. I love shed hunting. We'll move on to the Arizona elk hunt. This is one that I actually have some stories to tell. I'll start off with you almost not getting to go because of your grades. And that you still barely got your grade up, and I wasn't going to accept it other than you did work very hard at trying to get that grade to that grade. So I acknowledged your hard work by letting you go. What was your favorite memory of the Arizona elk? Um, I don't know. I mean, we had a bunch of encounters with some pretty good elk, but my favorite probably have to be when we, the first time we seen them, we were just walking along and I wasn't prepared, so I was just lazily grabbing my gun, staring down at the ground, and I just take a slight glance up and I see you going, motioning your hand at me to stop, and by the time I took that last step, the bulls looked up. Yeah, that was that and was an opening warning. Yeah, that first bulls we've seen. Barely di- daylight. I mean, it, I don't even think it was quite sunrise. It was barely legal shooting, right? Oh, yeah, my second favorite would probably be that view of that opening day. Of scouting day? Yeah, scouting yeah. day. Uh, when we were hiking up that mountain, made it up to the top. I was so proud of myself for doing that because that was some rough billy goat country. It wasn't even that big a hill. I think it only gained like 800 feet of elevation. It was steep. It was steep. Very steep. It was a pretty view. You want to see that? I've got a couple of different clips on my Instagram about it. I have my background on my phone as as that picture. Yeah, it was very pretty. You got up there, and all of a sudden the forest just opened up on top of that knob. You could see everything. And you'd even see like there's a spot that we thought about hunting. We only went there once, no twice. One time I had a little incident. Yeah, that was actually a different spot. Yeah, because. Wait, no, that was on the back, back of that. That big meadow where you had your incident was down below us. We couldn't quite see it. Oh, and I have a lot of fun memories about that. It's also my first hunt. It's probably yeah. why I'm Your first big so game much. hunt. That's because legal hunting age in Arizona is 10, so that's why I had you do hunter safety at 9 so I could start putting you in. And you drew out the same year we did. Yeah. You got kids want to hunt, guys? Arizona's cheap for youths, not so much for us adults, but five bucks to put in. Can't remember the price of the non-resident 
youth hunting license, but it's like a quarter of the adult. It's one of my favorite hunts, and all the meals are, well, I mean, they just got the burger when we were there. Yeah, so this is like a glamorous hunt for us. This is something I've, we've done since I was 18. But we go down there, and it's the off-season for this town, so we stay at a hotel for 40 bucks a night. So we're like, might as well get a hot, nice warm bed, hot shower every night. It's pretty, it's a glamorous hunt for us. And it's not that far, the unit we hunt from, from that town. No, it's a 20-minute drive from the hotel to, it's a blast. I mean, yeah, I really like these adventure hunts to go out and backpack hunt and all this. But you also got to have these glamorous ones that are just changed up, do something fun. So we'd come back after dark every night and go down to this pub. This might give away my unit, but it was called Collins Irish Pub. Well, there's several units around it, so. Yeah, but it's probably going to give away a little bit. They have excellent food. This year it wasn't as good because they got new ownership. And the new owner needs to know if you're an Irish pub, you have to have scotch. I do not drink scotch. But it pisses me off when you call yourself an Irish pub and you don't have scotch. I remember you complaining about that every night, even though you don't drink. Doesn't make sense. I, I don't do hard alcohol. I do beer. This hunt was like the best thing I'd ever experienced. It's, it's fun doing it this way. I mean, it's fun doing it anyway, but this is just like kind of more like the family hunt. It's something Grandpa yeah. and I always did. Now you're into it. It's kind of yeah. more old deer camp. But you're at a hotel. I mean, I'm not really uh, into long rides. I can barely stay 45 minutes before I start to freak out in the car. On this trip, it was actually pretty fun. I slept for about two hours. It's about like a nine, eight-hour drive. Nine-hour drive. But it was super fun. Yeah. Right down there, we were right there and back. We were just listening to hunting podcasts, listening to like Remy Warren talk, Go Hunt, Trail Kreitzer, Brady Miller, Lorenzo, don't know his last name, and the other one. Sorry, I should know your name. Neville. Wait, is that like Neville from Harry Potter? Huh, there's something new. I swear it's Neville. I could be wrong on that. We'll have to check. Yeah, we might be able to tell you on next podcast if we remember that. Uh, I'll write that down, check his name, and we'll let you know on the next podcast if I was right. All the podcasts are really good. Honestly, it's really fun just listening to all of them and enjoying the view because that was on the way down there you've got to see all these new landscapes I'd never seen I've not really had I ever been out to Arizona before this no this was your first time to get a sidetracked a little bit here if it is Neville like from Harry Potter this would be just so fitting because we was listening to that podcast when we were on our way down there and Brady Miller and, and Neville were is it Neville I don't think it is. I don't quite sound right. But if it is Neville, like in Harry Potter, it'd be so fitting due to the fact that him and Brady Miller were hanging out watching House of Dragons, I think. And Lorenzo was giving them so much shit. He's like, they're just stroking their dragons and all this shit. Just, oh, you got to listen to that podcast. If you don't listen to the Go Hunt Guys podcast, you really should. It's my absolute favorite. And it is what made me decide that all my episodes will be explicit content I swear I drink beer but I drink and so is their podcast a lot of them more are because Lorenzo is not afraid to cuss and on the last podcast this last Thursdays today is the 25th of January 2023 last Thursdays I actually heard Trail Kreitzer drop the F-bomb and before that I thought he might be LDS because I'd never heard him drop an F-bomb on that podcast but we can get back to the story of the Arizona out sorry for the rabbit hole it makes sense yeah, it's just, should have just called this the rabbit hole podcast. <laughs> I mean, first time we tried to record, a, I, I brought us down quite a bit. Yeah. We are about down 10 feet rabbit holes. Yeah, after that, us coming across them three bowls opening morning, after me not being able to do, decide if I was going to shoot or have Kyson shoot, because I wanted him to shoot first. I just wanted to see him fill his tag. So right then and there, I was like, okay, I got to get Kyson on this. I could have dropped this thing three, four times. I mean, he stood there for three, four minutes just staring at me, but I was trying to, like, slowly get Kyson's attention and get him to listen to me by hand signals that were behind my back, which didn't work out very well. Then they finally spooked off. And after that, I was like, would have been better rather than me 
taking that 30 seconds to decide who is going to shoot first is next time that happens i will shoot first fill my tag and then i don't have to pack a rifle or anything and we can just focus on filling one tag we ended up chasing him seeing him what three more times that morning hunt yeah we chased him for like three four miles yeah because that that day we did like 12 miles we chased him for about three or four miles we finally chased him out that big meadow and you were getting pretty tuckered out at that point so we'd crossed a couple of drainages and canyons <laughs> i'm looking up this hill i'm hiking up and i can see it's starting to open up on the top of it and i was like we got to be close to this meadow boom big old cannon goes off yeah and then we next thing we hear is some people just celebrating about this yeah well it was so weird because like i thought the shot was far off i didn't realize how close we were we were probably only like 600 yards from this shot and I was like, turned around to Kais and I was like, damn, someone's shooting a fucking cannon out here. But it was just how the sound traveled in that little canyon we were in. But we got to the top of the hill and we see him celebrating. And I'm like, you're welcome. Just chase that bull for four miles to you. We turned and started hiking uphill, started doing a loop back, got on the radio. It was like, called my dad and Brian's like, we could use a ride. We'll meet you at the top road. We could use a ride back to the truck. Yeah, and I was, at this point, I was way tired because I'm not much of a hiker. You did pretty good. Especially for my standards. My standards are raising. That's why I've been walking every day. We'll go on a walk again tonight. Going to stay in shape so we can crush them mountains. And hopefully we, by hunting season, we'll be able to keep up with them. Because if oh, yeah. we were like, we made it up to that meadow four minutes quicker, we could have got a shot. But, well, maybe. Depends. It's still pretty cool, though, chasing them. After that, we... The way I just did this was I was just keep on reminding myself, we have, like, how long is this hunt? Seven days. Yeah, we had all seven days to fill our tag, so wasn't trying to kill something on the first day, but... Yeah, going down there, all the whole trip down there, you're sitting there Googling these 400-inch elk. And I was like, okay, dude, there is some, like, nice bulls in this unit. I've seen a couple 350-class bulls taken out, but... The only thing I've ever taken out of this unit, and I've hunted it four times and filled three of them four tags, two spikes and a rag. I've been within about six feet of a nice 350 bull, but that was down in that juniper country. And that's like the and, bull I was talking about. They kept on jumping. Yeah, but I mean, in that juniper country, if you ain't standing on that bull, you ain't going to see it. I jumped him a bunch of times, but I mean, you're talking half second glimpses before it's just back in the trees again and then you'd chase him back in that tree and i can i remember that you were talking about that we're gonna try and not we're gonna try and stay out of that yeah because it's just so hard to hunt i don't know how people successfully hunt that this is a late season elk hunt we're hunting the leftovers of all the other hunters no it's not a leftover tag i had to draw this tag but it's a late season we was there over thanksgiving we spent thanksgiving at the pub it was the day before opening season. Yeah, we ate Thanksgiving dinner. Oh, we'd uh, celebrated it with everyone before we left. So that way we'd act like it was everyone there. But yeah, they are handing out extra pumpkin pie that wasn't eaten. <laughs> <laughs> I took that. Yes, you did. I wanted some, but I was avoiding the sugar. You and that Thanksgiving dinner that. was huge. It's pretty good. Not near as good as what we had, though. <laughs> Before we left. Yeah, we so scouting your... day, we seen elk. We seen that herd clear over on what they called, I'm not going to name the mountain, but it was a few miles away. Like... And then grandma, or not grandpa, grandpa and Brian seen them big bulls right there from the truck. We already went over opening day. The second day, we get out there, get back to our canyon that we hike across, and get out there and like glassing at the edge of this canyon we hiked up to. And like, mm, there's one. I couldn't hold still very well. Because it was pretty cold. So I'm sitting there trying to glass it, standing up. And I was like, I can't see if it's a bull or not. Can't tell, can't tell. So you're like, I'm going to go back to the truck and get a spotting scope. Well, you get back to the truck and drop my tailgate like you always do. That makes the bull pick his head up. I'm like, oh, that's a bull. And I'm sitting there calling you on the radio. Dude, it's a bull. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. It's a bull. You didn't hear the radio or you didn't have it turned on. I don't remember which. I didn't have it turned on. I was just planning on sticking right next close to you and staying right there so and you would have been able to talk to me and I but, look up and I'm trying to figure out what you're saying because you're making all these weird hand signs I'd never seen before 
I was holding the radio in my one hand and pointing at it very largely, like a good four foot point at it, like radio, dude, answer your radio, dude, so I can tell you, let's go, hurry back over here. We got to get about 500 yards closer so you can take a shot. And I left, I think I left the tailgate open. Oh, well. And I shut the door and I just started to, I, I put this, I just dropped the spine scope, didn't know what he meant. And I go back over there, kind of slowly too, because I didn't think you'd, I didn't know what was happening. So I just slowly walked on over there and you're like, there's a bull and we need to go now. And we start, also we, we should have been keeping a pretty consistent good hike on for that because then we might have got to shoot one yeah i remember that morning you were pretty tuckered out from opening day already you're like i don't really want to hike so even getting you to hike over to the edge of this canyon you're the was, only reason i hiked this trip was tough convince you to do it and it's we get over there i'm like okay let's go we drop down into this canyon get over there to the because he was on the other rim of this canyon that it's like 1200 yards wide drop down in the bottom hike over there to where it's like gonna be like a 150 200 yard shot we can see where he was standing, but he's not there anymore. So once we dropped down in there, we lost sight of him, which is kind of a good thing, so we didn't see us moving. So we get over there, and we can't find him. What the hell? We sit there for like 20 minutes, just glassing all over, and I was like, all right, you stay here, set up on this spot. I'm going to go on a little walkabout and see if I can't see anything. And I think I could have gotten a really good shot of how nice of a rock that was. It was like a perfect seat. Yeah, I mean, we had you set up nice. Sat there for like 20 minutes, couldn't find him. I was like, okay, I'm going to walk down here and see if he's down at this other little walk down there. And there's a, another hunter down in there. And I'm like, well, damn, that's what happened. This hunter hiked downhill with thermals at his back and the bull got a scent. First thing in the morning, he hikes down this canyon. Try hunt steer. Blows them all out. And I'm like, well, that's done. I get back to you and I'm like, all right, let's go hike over this next few drainages and do the same hike we did yesterday. See if we can't jump him up again. We make this hike, and it's round trip, like another eight or nine miles. We get back to the truck, meet Brian and Grandpa there, and have a little charcuterie board for uh, lunch. And we tried, was it this day that we tried some that jerky? Wait, no, because I still had all that elk jerky. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, you ate like four pounds of elk jerky on that trip. I'm pretty sure that elk jerky rot, rotted my guts. I'd say your ass was stinking like a sumbitch. It's terrible being in the truck with you. It tasted good. That's why it's a good thing we didn't stay in that truck, because that would have been gone on the first two days. Yeah. So then after lunch, I'm like, okay, I'll make a push down through here. It's like 1 o'clock, 1.30. I'm like, I'll make a push. Thermals are coming uphill, so I might actually be able to still hunt it a little. We had a pretty good hard wind coming left or right. I was like, but it's going to be swirling pretty good. I'll either see something or push it to you, hopefully. I was like, okay, drop me off at the top. It's only like four or five miles, and you can pick me up at the bottom. You guys dropped me off, and I was like, okay, I'm going to, seems how it's only four or five miles. I'm going to be able to do this in like two hours. So I'll probably wait right here for like 15, 20 minutes before I start hiking, because it's like a 45-minute drive to the bottom because the roads are so rough. I was like, so I'll wait right here like 20 minutes to give you guys a good opportunity to get down there. I made it about five minutes for I was like, I just can't sit here. I'm not a sitter. I can't hold still. So I just take off hiking, get in there about a mile, and I'm sitting there hiking through, still hunting, kind of. And it was just the perfect moment. The wind died down a little so I could hear, just for briefly for like a five-minute window. Wind died down, thermals were right in my face, and I was like, just had this feeling this was a good spot. So I start walking real slowly through here, and I'm like, then I see this tree. It was just funny. I got a picture of this tree. It's a burnt stump from an old forest fire. It's got a one-inch piece of stump left that's holding up this entire tree. The rest is burnt. And it just made me think of all the memes you see of, like, how's life going? It's like, you know, someone barely holding on. Like this tree, barely holding on. You know, good 24-inch diameter tree and one inch of it's all it's holding up anymore. Touch it. Breathe too hard and it just goes whoop. And the wind's blowing like 30 miles an hour that day. And I'm like, oh don't know how this thing's standing up still but it's holding on for dear life so i thought it's pretty funny i took a picture of it i think it'd be pretty and before cool. i can even get my phone put away i hear a rock tumble and i look off to my right and there's a bull we're gonna have to hold this for a second i will tell you about my first elk in arizona quickly because it was so iconically similar to this bull 
to go on to this little short story of my first Arizona elk down there. Hunted the whole, used to be a 10-day season, we hunted the whole 10 days. I hadn't seen a single freaking elk the whole time I was there. Everybody else had, and the last day, and I used to smoke, last day I'm down there, it's like 10 o'clock in the morning, and I was like, fuck this, I'm done hunting. Sit down on the carcass of Garrett's bull he had killed like three, four days before that. Sitting on the carcass of it. Light up a cigarette, sitting there smoking a cigarette, and I hear this rock tumble off the left of me. I look over, there's a fucking elk. And I was just so stoked to see an elk that I didn't even, it had horns. It was just spiked, but it had horns. It was a legal bull. I threw my gun up, put the crosshairs on his shoulder, raised it up above his shoulder, pulled the trigger. Boom. Complete miss. He runs towards me about 30 yards, and I'm like, what the hell? Do it again. Boom. Complete miss. Now he runs even closer. And I was like, what the? So I calmed down for just like two, three seconds. I was like, okay, why am I aiming over him when he's at 70 yards? And it's like, it's just influence from all the stories you hear of hunters growing up. They're like, yeah, I shot this bull at 800 yards. I was aiming six feet over his back, drop. And so me being a young buck, just didn't even think. Always worried about like, how much am I going to hold? How much am I going to hold? Not a good way to go about it. Don't recommend that. I recommend you know more than I did. But that's a different podcast right there but i heard that bull got him took 11 shots the next nine hit him that was a tough bull he did not want to go down and i'm hunting with a 270 weatherby magnum so i'm not hunting with a real small rifle but he did not want to go down get back to this after taking a picture of that stump i look over after hearing another rock tumble there's two bulls just stood up 80 yards all right i throw my gun up press the trigger hits him i hear the thwop. he runs up the hill about 10 feet and starts stumbling and that's when i put another one in him that dropped him he rolls to the bottom and i'm like hell yeah got her done on the second day then i get on the radio and you guys were far enough away you couldn't hear me on the radio so i was like all right get my phone out call you guys and i'm like well got one and brian's like did you really and i'm like well yeah what else would i do down here and he's like all right well i'll try to catch up to your dad and get him turned around we'll head back up in there and i didn't realize you guys were almost to the bottom Oh, like, we were at that point that we were going to meet. Yeah, so I was like, okay, well, I'll run up the hill and flag a trail in so you guys can find me. And the nearest road was, I think, 900 yards away. So I run up there, literally jog up this hill and across this, flagging it all the way in. Because I always carry some of that flagging tape with me. That thing has saved my ass more than anything. It doesn't waste shit. I highly recommend everyone carry a roll, carry a roll of flagging tape. It's awesome. I know with GPSs anymore, you don't really use it that much. My roll was like three, four years old. But on this trip, it come in handy so everybody can find me. I run up the hill, flag my way in, and then I start processing the animal. Get some pictures. Then I hear the ranger stop up on the road and hear you guys walk down in. Everybody checks it out. Kyson makes a little joke. What'd you say? You remember? Because I do. I don't. Yo, you don't remember this? You just brought it up the other day. Oh, man. No, I, I don't remember. You don't remember coming up to him going, not very big. He's a raghorn. Oh, and I was making fun of him? Uh-huh. And? You come up and go, oh, he's so big. Instantly turned to him, bigger than yours. And I, I now say that quite a bit. Yeah. So I'm, whenever I make fun I'm of someone's hunt, I, I, I'll say that about myself. But it's still bigger than mine. After we get down there, Brian gets down there. Grandpa couldn't walk down to it. He wasn't going to make it. He just had his toe cut off. But he's still there hunting. Never quitting. Keep fighting. Never quit there. Start processing it. Gutless method, which is awesome. I don't know why I haven't always done that. It's so simple. And this thing was all ticked out. I mean, if you touch the hide, fur went everywhere. Just ticks on this thing everywhere. It's kind of gross. Hate ticks. But if you're going to hunt, you get used to it. First year. Mm. So I'm not very used to ticks. And I yeah. ripping almost cried when we were coming back from backpacking just the thought of a tick it was so ticked out i mean you it had this giant bald spot on its back where there was no fur i wasn't sure if he's gonna make it through the winter so my hair was getting all over the meat which was pissing me off but anyways did the gutless method took mm. this time i think i got it done in like an hour completely quartered out all the bagged up we start hiking back up to the side by side and we had like because it was just you and I carrying them. Because Brian made it down there once, and he said on the way back up the hill, his Apple smartwatch started beeping and yelling at him and had a skull and crossbones on the screen. His words, telling him he needs to take a break. And it um, was just so funny. He's like, I was going to come back down in there, but when I walked back up here to get a beer, 
smartwatch was telling me to calm down. <laughs> Had the skull and crossbones that I was close to death. Like, <laughs> it just cracks me up. Oh, it cracks me up good. Yeah, I you, ran up and down that hill. You're young. You're 12. Dude, you should be out hiking all of us. I don't uh, hike you. I can out hike you for sprints, but then it's slow going. <laughs> but just the enthusiasm of having you shot that. That was what made me decide, I'm going to run up and down this with meat. I, mean, I, I didn't carry any of that heavy stuff because I couldn't even lift that. Oh, and one thing I messed up on is I didn't share the fact that after lunch, when I decided I was going to make this push, I was like, you coming with, dude? And you look at me and you're like, I don't want to. I'm tired. I'm wore out. What if I see a bull? I'm probably going to go shoot one. And you're like, no, we're not seeing crap. Even that every walk we went on, we'd seen one. You're like, you're not going to see anything. I'm going to just sit here and let you push a mini. All right. Build my tag. <laughs> it sucks that you weren't there, but I kind of also think it's funny that you weren't there. The so one you missed it. hike that I didn't go. I mean, that's the reason I want the rest of those hikes. Mm-hmm. Because I kept telling you, you never know, dude. You never know. See, and that's what happens most time when you're, when something actually happens, like you're lying. Yep. And you shot that. I wasn't there. But it was still pretty cool seeing him. And you got a really cool picture of your rifle just standing up on its horns. All is not off horns. Yeah. And this is where, if you don't carry a piece of Tyvek in your pack, I recommend you do. Or a tarp. But I do Tyvek because I can get it for free. It coming so clutched on this trip. I mean, in Colorado, I was using that little tiny 99-cent rain poncho that you can't even put a quarter on. And I like to lay out something to keep my meat out of the dirt. So I put a piece of Tyvek in my pack for this hunt. And it was awesome. It was like three feet by seven feet. I'm also going to use it for under my ground mount when I go backpacking and stuff. So that's why I cut it to that size. Throw it in and laid my meat on it. and was able to do what I need to to get it into a game bag. You pack the head up. That's why Brian's got all them pictures. And you come back to him saying, it was like a runway show walking up there. Brian had me doing all these poses as I was going up the hill. Because Brian's kind of a amateur photographer that does really well. He takes awesome photos. Yeah, he has a screen in there that shows off all of his cool photos. Same with my grandma. She has, they both have screens of all their photos. Mm-hmm. They love just picking pictures. Next thing I remember is that last load out, I was carrying a front and a hind on the broken-ass packboards again. And this was bone in on this one, so even heavier. Walking up the hill posing for the camera and grandpa goes pain is weakness leaving the body he could tell it was hurting to walk up that hill with that much weight but it was fun i love it just love every bit of it i was so pumped that i left my roll of flagging tape a three dollar roll of flagging tape i left it down there i'm like i'm gonna go get it i run down there run back up the hill running how pumped this stuff makes me hey but i beat you down to it (laughs) see i see no you didn't didn't i run down to the actual roll oh wait you might have Yes, because... Like, yeah, I think you did. You no. slowed down, and after I'd, I jumped no. out, and I'd you'd slow down, and... Because I jumped out way before you, I got to it. Because the ranger wasn't even done moving, and I was just pumped, and I was like, boom, boom, run. No, I swear I... Wait, no, yeah, I did grab it, because I still... I had that in my pack. You never took it. No, I gave it to you, because it was just a partial roll. Yeah, after... Nice. We can't remember. <laughs> I mean, I think I did, but then I think you might have since you were out first. All right, whatever. But back yeah, to the story. We can't remember. Oh, no. Either way, we both ran out. Yeah. It was fun. We had a good dinner that night. Took it back and left it in the enclosed trailer and let it hang. So it got a good dry age on it before we even got it home. Surprisingly, it didn't even stink up. It's cold out there, dude. Yeah. It's just freezing. Yeah. That's why I didn't want to go on them hikes in the morning, but I still did. I just can't get over how cool of an experience it was. I was so sad when we had to leave. Yeah, it was. we love it down there. Grandpa doesn't hunt all that hard anymore, but he still loves this hunt because the experience of it is just fun. And he said your dad, his dad actually was uh, just like how you are, mm-hmm. always chasing after it. Can't sit in the truck. I know a lot of people wrote a hunt and have success with it, and I do a little bit of it but I'm just not great at it because I'm like, what's over that hill that I can't see? So I got to find out. Down there, road hunting is technically illegal, which I'm fine with. Whatever, whatever, you know. I don't road hunt. If I see an elk while I'm driving to, like, the trailhead or something, yeah, I'm going to go get it. But I don't just drive around looking for elk unless I'm scouting. But that was day two. Day three, we seen bulls again. 
same little canyon again. I mean, they're in there. They kind of just disappeared on us. I don't think we've seen another elk that entire trip, did we? We seen the cow after sitting water. Yeah, so day three, we didn't see an elk at all. And so I was like, all right, day four, opening morning, didn't see another elk. So day four evening, I was like, all right, we're going to go sit water. I hate sitting water. It kills me. But you were wore out. We'd already probably put in like 40 miles at this point, 50 miles at this point on our boots. Well, okay. let's just go sit water for the evening hunt. And I broke a pair uh, of boots oh, yeah. this trip. First ever. Yeah, Usually he, he blew up a pair of boots on day five. Usually I just grow out of them. Yeah. Uh, no, you blew them up. But day four that evening hunt, it's like, let's go sit water. We knew where a little tank was where we could go sit. It's only probably like a five, 600 yard walk from the truck. We walk out there, get there at like 2.30 in the afternoon. It gets dark about between 5 and 6 when hunting ended. We sit there for three and a half hours, and then when the sun goes down, it got cold. We're sitting there shivering, can't even hold still. We still had a little bit of legal hunting light. All we had seen is one cow elk, which blew my mind. We're watching this watering hole. There's a, It's sparsely timbered, but, I mean, you're talking like 40, 50 yards between trees. And then just this tall-ass grass. You could tell them monsoons were great down there because the grass was like two, three feet tall. And just out of nowhere in this field, just random cow elk just decides, I'm just going to pop up right now. Yeah. I still don't know how she got there. She had to have been laying there to where we couldn't, barely couldn't see her laying there. So we'd been sitting there for like two and a half, three hours at that point. All of a sudden, there's a cow elk in the middle of this meadow. I mean, at first, I threw for the gun. Didn't know if it was a bull or not. Yeah, it was crazy. It was like magic. She just appeared there. I was like, how the fuck did she get there? We've been watching this for hours. Could see all the trails in, everything. Had to have been just laying just right to where we couldn't see her. But then after shivering our asses off and freezing, we're both chattering. I'm like, all right, we got to go. I got to start walking to warm up. We need to walk back to the truck, get in the heater. I'm about frostbitten here so we gather up all of our stuff and i'm like i got all my stuff in my pack and ready to start hiking out and kyson the one with the gun carrying his bino harness his glassing pad has his pack on his back and his gun and, and, and a bottle of water and i'm like dude you should have your hands free just in case we see something on the walk out he's like but i'm cold and i want to get back to the truck we need to go I'm like all right whatever we start walking back and not Ten yards later, I look up on the ridge, and there's a fucking nice 290, 300-inch bull just looking at us. I'm like, put all of your shit down, whispering to him. I take my pack off, lay it, and like, lay your gun across my pack and put that thing down. And I could have shot this out, but... Yeah, and then he gets it in the crosshairs after fumbling with all the shit in his hands. And I say, Gets uh, it in his crosshairs. I say, zoom it in. And this... And he's like, just shoot! And I... And then by the time this had happened, it, was, it had already been quite a minute. So that elk, it was surprising he was still even there. Just yeah. standing in that open part on that ridge. Walk off. I regret not shooting. Yep. That's going to take, uh, that's going to haunt me until I'm in the grave. <laughs> always will, dude. You'll always remember, like, dude, I should have shot that. No, it's just because I had a very clear sh- uh, shot on its kill mm-hmm. zone. I felt like smacking myself upside the head in fact i did i felt so stupid for that but it was still pretty fun just like the chance that grandpa got out had a bull in his crosshairs he pulled the trigger though i didn't even pull the trigger he pulled the trigger just forgot to take the safety off so as he called it i straightened my trigger (laughs) (laughs) he has a lot of stories but that was a fun epic hunt oh yeah no we didn't Wait, we wasn't didn't before that we go on that hike that we thought we seen an elk out in that clearing. Yeah, that was like the second to last day hunt with your little incident. So we didn't see that was day four evening. We didn't see a bull or any elk day five. Day six, no elk and then at last light I'm like, All right, let's walk up this clearing. This giant meadow. It's huge. I mean like three miles by a mile. Huge meadow. Like, there's a little knob out in the middle of it we can walk up to and glass around just see what's out there. And we hike out there. It's I think it's a mile. We get out there in about 20 minutes. And you say you see something, yeah. and you start freaking out, too. Dude, I was... Like, it was an aggressive freak. I thought you were about to just slap me because, like... 
You were panicking, even though you didn't have a tag. Dude, I wanted you to fill a tag so bad. I just yeah. wanted to see it so bad. No, see, I loved it. So we get up there and barely crest this ridge, and I start glassing, and I'm like, there's an elk. It's a bull. It's a bull. Get ready. Get ready. I'm just freaking out. Like, get your pack off. Lay it down right here. I'll lay I take my pack off. We're going to creep up this rock. You're going to sit there and wait till it's coming closer because it's moving towards us. Throw our packs down on the ground. Crawl over to this rock. Crawl run. I mean, we crawled fast over to this rock that's like 60 yards away. Pop the bipod out. Throw his gun up. I start glassing. I'm like, where is he? Where is he? Where is he? There he is. Fuck. It's, it's a, a fucking stump. stump. Dude, I, I have never felt so stupid in hunting in my life. But I, I wow. looked over there three other times thinking there's oh, yeah. still an elk. I mean, without binos, every time you even glimpsed at it, you're like, there's an elk. But if you threw your binos up and wasn't in a panic, you could tell it was a stump. And on our way back, we get back to the truck. I'm just getting everything At dark, settled. we had to walk back to the truck with our headlamps on. And I get back, and I get settled, and then I'm like, I'm missing my scope cover. I leave, we both, I think we both left the packs in the truck. Yeah, we just grabbed and our headlamps. Grabbed and... our headlamps, and we ran all the way back up. I felt really good after that run. And we t it takes us, like, five minutes to find it, where I dropped it. It was so cool still. I don't know why. I just feel proud for going back for it. I was proud of you. Most people have been like, oh, they're only $20 scope covers. I'll just buy a new pair. I left it up to you. I was like, it's up to you, dude. But you, you're buying them. I'm not buying these ones. And you're like, okay, let's go. I was proud of you for making that decision. It means you know the value of a dollar a little there. But I did not want to hike. Because <laughs> I'm not much of a hiking person, which I'm trying to get over that. Because you see more when you go out hiking. You that was know? second last day. We didn't see anything on the last day, did we? No, nothing besides that sweet looking stump. <laughs> Could have smoked that stump. Stood there for however long it had been falling like that. And then we went to Collins and you got some more pumpkin pie because it was half priced. And since it was all after Thanksgiving. Um, but it, that was some really good pumpkin pie. <laughs> I remember. Then we had our road trip home and that's where Kaisen convinced me to try doing this podcast shit. So here we after are. After about 40 billion different ideas that would not work. Yeah, just trying to figure out how to go on more hunts. Yeah, because that's what really got me just pumped up. Like, we should go do all these hunts. And then, so after Arizona, we would we hunt after Arizona? When I cow elk. Yeah, had a lot of fun on this. This is a Colorado private land only, which sucked because every time we did find out, it was really right close to public. We had private land only, and we could only go when we had permission so these were just like morning hunts we'd get up at like five in the morning and drive over here how kyson got this elk tag is a friend of ours is completely out of elk or deer meat hasn't hunted hasn't filled a tag in a year and a half or so so he got a hold of this tag and he's like i don't want to pay the 800 dollars non-resident fee but i know a kid that loves to hunt and it's 75 bucks so he come and asked you he's like you want to go elk hunting you go shoot it, and I'll share the meat with you. I told him when he told Kaisen, I was like, you can keep the meat, dude. I don't even have room in my freezers as is. No, we still got a bunch of meat. Yeah. I mean, I filled three tags this year. We ain't got no room in the freezer. Plus, we still have some of that old elk meat from, like, last year. Uh-huh. So, plus, after going to Alaska this year and bringing home 150 pounds of fish, I mean, we're out of room. And I haven't filled my tag, but pretty close encounterments. Countermints. Encounters. Encounter Encounters is not a I don't word. know why I keep on saying that. Uh, I don't know. We went over there like five or six times trying to fill your tag. And every time we see an elk, when we were hunting that lower stuff, up on that higher stuff, the first time we didn't see any elk. But on that lower stuff. All over. Oh, man. Huge and, of course, he's got a cow tag. So every time we go over there, it's like bull, bull, big bull, 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 bull another heard big of, bull. Heard of small bulls, big, big bulls. But when you found the cows, there was a lot of them. Yeah, which meant they were spooky as well. Oh, yeah. Them cows were so spooky, you could tell they'd hunt hard. Every time we've gone, we'll be just approaching up, and we'll see huge just herd just running up a valley. Of course, we're driving into this private land that we can hunt right at daylight. All open. Driving in there, I'm like, I get on the radio and call the 
or he's not a guide because he's not getting paid, but we'll call him the guide just for simplicities. But he's just a family friend that was that had, was getting us permission to hunt on these different parcels. I call him on the radio and say, "There's elk in the middle of the road right in front of you," because he's looking off the road. He stops, goes, gets back on the radio, and goes, "Can't hunt him. This is public land." And this is a first for so, whoever looking at the road. We could have dropped an elk. They were just standing there. We could have dropped a cow right in the road, backed up to it, threw it in the truck, brought it home, hoisted it up with a forklift, processed it, whatever. But no, they're on public land. We have a private land only tag. It's just how it goes. I really wanted to just shoot one. And we get in there. And this is the first time we're headed over there. We get in there. And uh, what happened next? Oh, this is the day we went hiking after him. When we went hiking after him all three times do you remember the first day we got in there and spotted them coming up out of that little drainage and then we walked over there and you took a shot at that one from that fence post oh yeah i remember that all right so we drive up to the first gate and we see some elk that came out of this little ditch well it's not little it's pretty big and they run over across the road sidetracked to this is a we seen this bull. It was super funny. He started panicking, and he jumps the fence and misses, and he falls straight on his face. Everyone in the truck starts just laughing. That bull lost his pride that day. Another side note, when we was hunting on that higher stuff the weekend before, and our guide driving through this uh, canyon trying to crawl back up the other side on this fence line road, he spends about five minutes trying to get his Jeep up it. He finally gets to the top, stops, and he figures it's going to take me another five minutes to try to get up this hill. So him and his boy are up there having a cigarette, waiting for us, and my old taco rocket crawls right up this hill, doesn't even slip a freaking tire, and they both just, what the fuck, I built that road, blah, blah, blah. It was, they, you know, all in good humor, it was fun. We were, we seen them all rocket over this road and up this there's this little clearing on where we're hunting. You'd see them, and we start hiking. Well, we'd hopped out, and I was about to shoot one, but couldn't. I can't remember why I couldn't. Wait, I think they had already gone way too far, and I couldn't see them. Yeah, they'd already crossed the ridge. Yeah, but we started running after them. We're not as fast as elk, especially in that snow. No, at this point, the snow's about a foot deep. I'm only about five foot, so I was about five, actually one time when we were up here, I was, I could barely walk how deep that snow was. Yeah, that was the last time we went over there. But back to the story, um, they all cross that ridge and we hike up. We get up there and uh, Eric texts me, look up to your left. And I look up to my left, don't see shit, keep walking. I can hear something, I'm like, I don't know what I'm hearing. We keep walking, get to this fence. And then finally I hear it clear enough. There's a cow elk about 150 yards on the ridge. Can't make it up because it's so slick. She keeps falling down and sliding back down. And if we'd have seen her when Eric first texted us, you'd have had like 10 minutes to shoot her. Yeah. But no, I finally spot her and she finally gains her feet and makes it up the hill. Stands behind this tree and I was like, and we're leaning across a big old cedar fence post. And I was like, all right, when you have the shot, take it. I'm, I'm watching could, through my binos. Only thing I could see out of my point of view was uh, its head. So that's what I aimed for, but it's pretty hard to aim at its head. And, and that's because the guy that wanted the elk meat told you, I don't want to chase in a cow for miles and have to pack her out of a canyon, shoot her in the head. And that's when I finally was like, dude, aim for the boiler room and just put her down. Make it get enough Headshots shot. are too small. Unless you're really close. But I not- shoot and... You go up to look for it, because I'm not making it up that. Yeah, it was a clean miss. No flop, nothing. Go up there, look for blood, just to be sure. Nothing. And then you come, we both meet up around, like, that, around, like, the hill right before that drain, and you go in front, and we make it back to the truck, and didn't we see some more elk that day? No, I don't think we did. Wait, no, that was the other time. Yeah, so we leave and come back the next weekend over there about six in the morning this one's epic we meet at the local gas station there and you're curled up in the back of the truck with, with my whoopee and this is where the term whoopee come from is uh our guide says to him like well is the shooter ready and i was like 
yeah but he brought his freaking blanket he gets out of his jeep comes and peers in the truck and goes oh did you bring your whoopee your whoopee 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 woo he's so funny <laughs> oh, it's all in good fun it was a lot of, we all get a crack out of it now to this day I'm still like where's your whoopee dude I could bring like a blanket I just got and I'd, it'd be in the suitcase <laughs> and you'd still say oh do you got your whoopee 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 <laughs> I, I love when you just turn up the echo so much and just say whoopee <laughs> it's the funniest thing back to the story I think the next time is when we seen that bull just fumbling around when that was now, this trip after he ca- called you out on your whoopee is when you had the door frozen incident because it's 30 below 30 below zero and we get up there and just like about probably a half mile to a mile before we get to the gate I stop and call him on the radio I was like there's elk on the lot dude and but they're already up and kind of moving and they're like oh they're running they're straight up running for cover because they're out in the middle of this big open sagebrush flat I'm like dude they're running hard and he's like well let's get up here and see if we can get a shot so he hauls ass we're doing like 60 miles an hour down this fucking road that's got 18 inches of snow on it get up to the gate and i'm like all right kaisen when we get to the gate you jump out of the truck and run over to the gate so you can use the gate as a uh something to steady you yeah and, and pick your point and aim and shoot but when we got there i was like i'm prepared i got everything with me and then i start flipping out on that door i was about to yell the f-bomb because i was about to have a panic attack from just like there's so many elk, and I'm about to just mess it up because his door is frozen. Yeah, he's... So I started kicking at the door. But he didn't think it was frozen. He's in the back seat, op- tries to open it once. And by about that time, he starts panicking, going, It's locked! It's locked! It's locked! It's locked! It's locked! Oh my god, it's locked! Open the door! It's locked! It's locked! It's locked! And you run out and open the door. <laughs> Make me look kind of stupid. I was and like, but, it's not locked, it's frozen. So I walk across, open the door for him. And I run out to that fence post, and last elk there is is just this little newborn, pretty much. He had his fluffy hair. We made a name for him, Fluffy. Yeah, you'd have had to wipe the milk off the lips on that one if you'd have shot that one. For real, though. <laughs> that kind of reminds me of your uh, Colorado deer. Yeah. Everyone's like, just hoping I don't shoot. But chance that it's... Would have been good eating. But yeah, then... Everyone thought I was going to shoot it. So I was like, well, they're gone. Let's drive into the next basin. We get up there and I'm like, there's elk, dude. And they all stand up and there's like at least 100 head. They all stand up and look at us and they're like 500 yards. And yeah, probably not that. Probably 300 to 400. You get out and throw your gun up on the truck and lean it across the hood and you're like, should I shoot? And I was like, no, dude, that's way too far. But you can if you really think you got a really good rest. Boom! I, I, I said really good just, rest, dude. I probably should have just <laughs> slowly walked up a little bit closer. I think at that moment you were having PTSD from not pulling the trigger in Arizona. Because <laughs> you sent a Hail Mary. <laughs> you don't hit anything if there ain't lead in the air. That's one thing I learned from Arizona. Oh, man, that's, that was great. Yeah. That was the end of that day. And the last day we went over there. No, second. We had two more times going over there. Because the second to last time is when we seen them elk and we hiked that mile and a half through that snow over to them and they weren't there. We got, that was our best opportunity. We got within like 300 yards of them. But I knew he needed a pretty close shot. If I had a beard, it would have been. From all the sweat, that was, it was like way cold out. There's like two feet. So I'm trying to. It was fun, though. That was when we was sliding down that hill. So we had yeah. to cross that big uh, drainage to get to him. And it was super steep. And I was like, I'm going to fall. So I just sat down and said, watch this. Sat on my ass and slid all the way to the bottom. And I thought nobody noticed this. Well, I thought you didn't notice this about me. But when I was going down the hill, <laughs> <laughs> there's a rock right in the middle of where, <laughs> where I'm going. 
I thought nobody noticed the face I made because I went, ooh. <laughs> oh, dude, I noticed because I was watching you. I wanted to record it, but you come down a little too fast. I was watching you, and you get right to the bottom and <laughs> make this face. And you and didn't like... even say anything, so we get back to the truck, and I start talking about this, and and it's, and I'm like, well, I, I don't think you noticed, but I felt when I went down that, there's a rock that went right up there. Oh, I know. And I just know because you were, you were talking about how much you remembered my face. That was a great hunt. We always have fun hunting. That's what I love about hunting. Don't need to fill a tag or anything to have fun. We had a blast that trip, didn't fill a tag. We go back the next weekend. I don't know if it was the next oh, weekend. Yeah, we we had, had a lot of hockey trips in between, but the next time we was able to go over there. On that same hunt. Yeah, on that hunt, we also ran back to the truck once we got to the main road. Mm-hmm. Sitting there running down the road, jogging. There's and there's bulls. bulls, and we were just chasing after them. Not well, really, not chasing, really them. chasing them. Just they were kind of close to the road. Mm-hmm. They haven't been hunted too hard, I'm guessing. No, they hadn't. Since they're on on private. Yeah, the next trip over, that's when the snow was real deep. I mean, the truck barely made it in there. I had the truck, all four locked in digging hard to get in there. I mean, just rodding the shit out of my truck to get into this place. And we get in there, get stuck a couple of times. I dig us out. And I was fucking like, okay, we're done. I'm not tearing my truck anymore up. We're just going to sit here by the truck and glass for elk. Of course, I can't sit for very long. So we sit in the truck for about five minutes. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to walk to this knob and glass. Walk up this knob, start glassing, look over, 150 yards, cow elk. Oh, shit. Kyson's still sitting back in the truck. Take a step back to where there's a tree between me and the elk. And I start waving my arms, like, jumping up and down, going, Dude, elk, get the gun. Get over here. Elk, elk, elk. I didn't notice you until I look over. A good minute goes by of me doing this. And I'm like, well, apparently no one's in the trucks even looking out the window. They're all looking at their phones or something. I was, I was listening to a podcast. <laughs> so I start running back to the truck. And then I notice you. Although, I will make one point. When you did finally step out of the truck, the snow went up to your waist. <laughs> <laughs> but And I was running through it. Once I got out, I start running up. And didn't you wait for me? Yeah. Yeah. And then we both run up there, and I've got the gun. I threw my, I threw my phone. I still had the podcast on and all, and so Alyssa had to turn that off. But when I, we got up there, I'm like, you're like, where's your shooting stick? And I'm like, it's back in the truck. So you run back down and run back up with it. Um, This deer just busted us right up where that cow elk was standing when you seen it. Um, We both just stand there for a good minute, and then we s- decided to just make some progress moving on, even if it busted us, which... We're pretty sure it did. It was actually a buck. No, that one was a doe. No, she had us pinned. But there's like a nice buck way off in the distance. Yeah. Then we start making some progress over there, and I'll probably let you take back from here because I'm not too. I can't remember too much about this except for complaining about how deep the snow was and having to go to the bathroom. The snow was deep. We had another like 600 yards to cover because they had moved off to the next ridge in that time because that. Doe busted us. They all blew out and ran to the next ridge. So it's like, well, this is probably our last day over here. Do you want to just go back to the truck or try to get one? He's like, well, I really want an elk. So we're like, all right, let's keep going. That was a tough decision for me because I'm not much of a walker, especially in snow that's to my waist. We start walking, get over to the next hill, and I can see a nice buck. Nice, nice buck. Probably a 190 buck. Nice buck up there. Looking at him for a minute, looking for the elk. Can't find him. All of a sudden, three bulls stand out. Of course, they're bulls. But there were some bulls with that herd of cows I seen. So we drop down, try to get even closer, because I think they're in this next little basin. Well, I just realized those three bulls might be the same ones that we were running next to. Same area. Same exact spot, so I bet they are. Yeah, they probably just st- stayed there and let them yeah. cows move in. Well, there's a haystack down another half mile, so they're feeding off that. Yeah. We try to cross this little canyon, and we get to a little bit of a thinner spot where the snow's up only knee-deep, and Kyson's like, I can't go any further. I just can't. I was like, 
All right. Well, you just wait right here, and I'm going to walk up here because I wanted to know for educational purposes if they were where I thought they were. So I walk up there. They're not quite where I thought they were, but I find them again. That's... Three cows 70 yards from me. Well, damn. There they are. Kyson's 400 yards behind me. I'd made about 50 yards of progress. Yeah, because you didn't but listen was... to me. You kept trying to walk. I made it up there a lot faster, and I was like, well, this oh, is over. Turn around, and as I turn around and start walking away, the cows start barking at me. And I just, it, I wasn't even expecting you to see anything, so it was just like slow step every, like, 30 seconds. And then I walked back to you, and I was like, they were there. And you're like, really? And I could see it in your eyes. You're like, should we walk up there and try to find them again? And then I was like, let's just go back. And then I could see it in your eyes. And I was like, dude, they're on public land now. We can't hunt them. And you're like, okay. So we beat feet back to the truck. You I, beat me about 500 <laughs> yards. I get back to the truck and sit down and look back. And Melissa and I are just laughing at you because you are tuckered out. You just can hardly even pick your feet up. You're just dragging ass. And it was so funny to watch. I mean, once I got over to that, where we, that you'd first seen that cow and that doe busted us, pretty easy walking considering we made a pretty good trail right there. Mm-hmm. Had a nice trail running up right next to my door. Uh, that was the end of our 2022 hunting season. That'll be the end of this podcast. We'll get into a little bit of news because I always like to end with some news highlights. Just to remind you, Wyoming's coming up in six days for their application deadline. Arizona's coming up in another two weeks. Next thing is, is Utah may have a closure on shed hunting this year due to the amount of snow we have here. Be watching that. They do not, they have not closed it yet. But they, in an article I just read, they may close it. So please pay attention to that if they do close it. It will be announced here, and I will put it on Instagram. Just so that way they don't, we don't push any elk up to where there's no feed. We do have a lot of snow here, and I've actually been worried about winter kill myself, so I will understand it. It'll piss me off because I love to go shed hunting, and that's all I want to do right now is go shed hunting. Yeah, I've been talking about it for like four months. But you got to remember, this is biology-based, so if they say we shouldn't shed hunt, we shouldn't shed hunt because it is biology based. This is not being voted at the ballot box like some of our other hunting regulations. Another little fun fact that you may not have known is in 2022 there was t- over 20,000 individuals that took the shed hunting ethics course in Utah. So there's a lot of people out there shed hunting because these are just the ones that actually took the shed hunting course. In the article that you can find on Utah's new Utah or wildlife.utah.gov forward slash news, you go there, you'll find the article of shed hunting that they might close it and they have not yet. The number 20,000 came from that. They are also saying they are going to have more law enforcement on shed hunting this year, making sure people have actually taken the ethics course. So if you have not taken it and plan to shed hunt before April 15th, please do so otherwise you will get cited for that and on the last podcast we talked a little bit about utah poaching there was another article again today and we are going to get more into this on a separate news podcast about how much poaching has gone on in utah which it is climbed a lot if you know of it, any poaching please turn it in the you can text the number 847411 to turn in a poaching incident you can call or you can use the Utah DWR law enforcement app. The reason why poaching is bad is, I mean, a quote from Sergeant Brandon White said, individuals who unlawfully kill big game animals and other wildlife are stealing opportunities from those who might otherwise be able to harvest an animal legally in the future, which is very correct. I even go so far as to look at like roadkill and like well, that's just another animal we cannot harvest. And I will be doing quite a few podcasts on that topic on what we can do to raise money to have more animal crossings on highways. But with that, we will end this episode. One last thing I want to bring up is I try to do a product that I use recommendation every week. So if you want to follow any 
legal news about hunting regulations, fishing regulations, or just recreating on our public lands, you really should follow the Sportsman's Conservation Alliance. Their website is sportsmansalliance.org. You can go in there and use the, at the top of the screen, they have their bar that says Legislative Action Center. Go to Legislative Heat Map, click that, and then you can click your home state, and it'll show you all of the bills that are in the Senate to be proposed right now, which there is a lot. In our home state of Utah, we got two that are Fish, Wildlife, and Commission, seven hunting, one trapping. I highly recommend you check them out. Follow them on Instagram to get the latest news on every state. And you shouldn't only be concerned about your state due to the fact that when things get banned in California, it's not too far off when it's getting banned in Oregon. When it's not too far off in Oregon, Washington's next, and that's just going to trickle everywhere. In your home state, if you find a bill on here that you... When you find something you have an opinion on, you can email or mail or call the sponsor of the bill or your local representative. I highly recommend you do this if you have an opinion on something, positive or bad. If it's bad, make sure you write your letter professionally. If it's just a bunch of F you, F that, and blah, 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 they're just going to throw it out the window. If you write it as professionally as you can, they may address it. I have gotten responses from them in the past when I've written about bills. Leave this episode and we will say stay wild and keep hunting, guys. Deuces. Bye.